Hi, I'm Matthew Kind. Every Monday, look for a fresh new episode where I'll take you behind the scenes and interview the insiders that are shaping the rapidly evolving cannabis industry. Learn more at cannainsider.com. That's C-A-N-N-A insider.com. Now here's your program. One area of the cannabis marketplace gaining steam is women's health. Here to tell us more about it is Kayo Nystrom of Quim. Kayo, welcome to Canna Insider. Thanks so much, Matt. It's great to be here. Give us a sense of geography. Where are you in the world today? Um, right now, I am in an Airbnb in the Berkeley Hills. Okay. And what is Quim on a high level? So Quim is a self-care line for humans with vaginas and humans without vaginas uh, who love vaginas. We make uh, cannabis-infused vaginal health and wellness products. Okay. And Kyle, can you share a bit about your background and journey and how you got into the cannabis space and started Quim? Sure thing. So I had, um, well, I guess there's a few different angles, but I'll try and give the short version. Um, So I was raised by a single mom in the Bay Area. Um, I learned from a very young age that uh, my father was incarcerated for nonviolent cannabis crimes. Um, You know, I growing up in a pretty affluent area in the Bay Area, um, affluent area of the Bay Area, um, you know, that's something I carried with a lot of shame. I went to a private school in Marin County, um, definitely was one of the only kids uh, without two parents. And, you know, at least to my assumption, definitely felt like the only kid who had um, a parent in prison. So I carried that with um, with a lot of shame. And, you know, I started using cannabis recreationally in college and was really excited about, you know, cannabis as, you know, recreation, you know, I think first and foremost, first and my first you know, introduction to cannabis was really as a, as a recreational drug. Um, but I found that it had, you know, it was really, it was, it was creative. It really, um, you know, made music sound better. It made food taste better. It made conversations more interesting. And it didn't have all the really negative side effects of alcohol. Um, so it really became something that I looked to as a way to unwind or get creative. Um, and then when I graduated from college, um, I started working in tech sales in San Francisco, um, selling marketing software to companies like Ulta or Sephora or REI. Um, but meanwhile, um, California was passing some pretty historic legislation around the cannabis industry, what is now known as the Medical Cannabis Regulation and Safety Act. And that essentially took what had been, you know, about a 20-year gray market economy um, and really was bringing it above board. Um, So it introduced all these different licenses. um, And I saw an opportunity to get involved in industry, you know, really at its nascent stages as, you know, the regulations were just being made. Um, And it was really exciting to me because it still felt like the Wild West. And I saw an opportunity to get involved and potentially, you know, not that I could, not that I, you know, single-handedly could correct all the negative impacts of the war on drugs, um, but potentially could do something that would, um, you know, in the future, make it easier for those, you know, if your parents work in cannabis, that you'll still be able to apply for financial aid when you're going to college, or, you know, you don't run the risk of losing, you know, your parents. So I was really excited about that. Um, And meanwhile, in the background of all of this, you know, all of my career path, um, I had been suffering very intense vaginal health issues since I was about 18 years old. Um, you know, I had been in about an eight year UTI yeast infection cycle. 
And I'm sure we'll get more into that. But I start, you know, while I was in college, I started doing research on, you know, what are the ingredients I'm using in and around my vagina? Um, and also, if I know that I'm predisposed to some of these health issues, how can I proactively care for this part of my body in the same way that we wear sunscreen and we try and stay hydrated and we exercise? I think we are now starting to understand as a society, it's a lot um, it's a lot more sustainable and a lot more economically feasible to keep your body healthy. Um, and what I found is that there wasn't really a lot out there. Um, then fast forward a few, you know, I started making my own little... <laughs> little products that didn't have cannabis in them. Um, and then I started working in the cannabis industry and learning more about um, how cannabis works as a topical, how, um, you know, the benefits it has for sexual health and feminine wellness. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really how Quim began. Okay. So Kaio, do you remember the first kind of aha moment when you and your co-founder were like, Hey, this is it. We've got something here and let's move forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I had been making these um, cannabis infused oils for probably a couple of years before that aha moment. I had just been making them um, for myself, putting them in little mason jars um, and really giving them to anyone who would try them. You know, anytime we had, you know, a party or friends over for dinner, they would leave with these little jars of weed lube, you know, looking at me like I was a little bit crazy. Um, no, that's, good. that's a great party favor. I think yeah. I adopt that myself. <laughs> yeah, but this was, you know, this was, yeah, this was many years ago. And I think people were like, I put, this is what? I put this where? <laughs> um, and I had this moment where I was actually visiting, you know, one of my best friends in Los Angeles. And at this point, I always traveled with it. And I left a bottle at her house and I called her. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll come pick that up later. And she was like, actually, um, it's mine now. And you're you're never getting it back. In fact, I'm going to need some more. And she was like, you know, you've had these vaginal health problems for so long, but what if this is actually, you know, you've come up with something that works and you really know a lot about vaginal health and wellness and like really products that are ingredients that we should stick away from or things that are really helpful. And she was like, what if, what if this is the thing you should be doing? Um, and I'd always known that I wanted to start my own company. Uh, my mom is an entrepreneur and I just had this deep feeling that I wouldn't be fully satisfied until I was at the helm of my own ship. Um, but I also understood that I really, you know, I needed a co-founder. Um, I have a lot of really great skills, but there's also a lot of aspects of running a business that I knew um, that I wouldn't be the strongest at. I also, you know, I'm a deeply collaborative person. I think I have my best ideas really in conversation. I'm one of those people who I don't exactly, sometimes I don't exactly um think before I say something, it's while I'm talking, I'm like, Oh, I just realized this thing that I couldn't, um, that I couldn't quite formulate on my own. But now that I'm talking to someone, it comes together as a real idea. So I would say that was the first moment. And then, you know, not too long after that, um, you know, an old childhood friend, Rachel Washington had just gotten back from spending about a year in South America traveling. Um, and she was talking about what she wanted in her next you know, next role or her next job or gig. And we were at a friend's birthday party up in Sonoma. And she was describing that, you know, she really wanted to be, she wanted ownership over a project from sort of soup to nuts. She wanted to make something with her own two hands, something that she believed in 
and yeah, have ownership over the whole process. And this light bulb just went off and I was like, oh my God, here you are. You're the, you're the, you're the woman I've been looking for. Um, and so, you know, I taught, we talked about it a little bit and then I would say, yeah, I proposed to her, you know, a few weeks later and was like, I know this is, I know this is crazy. Um, but I think we should do this. And I, I, I would love to do it with you. And I, here's what I have so far, but here's, you know, and here's what I'm good at, but here's what I know that you're good at. And I think we could really make this happen. Um, so yeah, that was, I would say those are the two big moments. Yeah. It really is like a marriage proposal in many ways. Like you're dedicating <laughs> your, your lives to each other for a totally. huge chunk of time. So that's, yeah, that's appropriate. Now let's back up a little bit. And the name of your company, as we mentioned is Quim, but I understand that word has some Victorian era roots. Can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Quim is a, um, yeah, Victorian era word for vagina, um, vulva, you know, was used pretty pejoratively. It was, you know, if you're ever reading like old, um, you know, like old English, maybe like Sherlock Holmes era, um, (laughs) mystery novels, you know, they'll be like, Oh, he's such a quim. Um, and so, yeah, I I don't want to say it's, it's the same as cunt because I think I just, you know, even saying that word, that word has such negative, um, negative intonations, but, I do think in the UK, Quim might be a little bit close to that. You know, occasionally we get emails from outraged, um, outraged folks overseas who are like, oh, I implore you to change the name of your company. (laughs) And I actually love getting those emails because it's an amazing, to me, it's a conversation starter. I'm like, it seems like an amazing opportunity to be, to ask the question, and what is so bad about being called a vagina? This is an organ that has the power to literally give life, to expand, to contract, to reinvent itself by shedding its uterine lining once a month for about 40 years. And yet, you know, it's an incredibly strong and powerful organ in our bodies. And yet, you know, when we're talking about, um, you know, when we're telling someone to like be brave or just, you know, stand up to the task and do it, we say like sack up or like grow a pair of balls, which is hilarious because I've never met I've never met a pair of balls that could, that could withstand, um, withstand the, the intensity of having, of being a vagina, you know, to me, balls, testicles are far more sensitive, far more delicate, um, than the quim. And so I think, you know, it's a great, you know, for us, we really wanted to take back a word that has been used, um, pejoratively against people with vaginas or people without vaginas and really beg the question, what is so you know, what's actually so bad about being called this? In fact, like I would say it's, it's a huge compliment. Well, this area of cannabis vaginal health is kind of a broad umbrella with specific benefits under it. Can you talk a little bit about the pain points and benefits you hinted at earlier for women in cannabis vaginal health, you know, the specifics of what they'll get relief from when they you know, purchase Quim or why they purchase Quim? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think that this is a great question because I think, um, you know, particularly at the early days of our business and we were fundraising, um, you know, I would go out and pitch or, you know, talk to potential investors and they'd be like, isn't this a niche within a niche within a niche? Um, And I think that there is this sort of broad understanding that these, you know, that these health issues, be it chronic UTIs, yeast infections, difficulty climaxing, um, pain with menstruation, endometriosis, PCOS, low libido, you know, when you look at the percentage 
for each one of those pain points. You know, over 75 of women will experience at least one yeast infection. Over 60% will experience one UTI. 10% of women have endometriosis or PCOS. You know, four out of five women experience um, pain with penetration. Um, you know, I would say at least 40% of women experience difficulty climaxing. And then you add in the fact that over half of the world's population has a vagina. And suddenly this is not a niche category at all. This is a huge, I would say it's a huge market and it's a hugely underserved market. And I think due to our, you know, we could call it Victorian shame around talking about women's health or intimate wellness or sexual health. Um, I think these, these pain points really get pushed into you know, hushed tones or embarrassed whispers or silly innuendos um, instead of actually addressing them sort of outright. And I do, but I do think that's changing. You know, I think our category, um, you know, every time I put together sort of our, our competition slide, there are more and more people, more and more companies to put more logos to put on the slide. And I actually think that's incredibly exciting because I think it shows that there is, you know, not only advancements in science, but there is a generational shift around talking about these things. And I think it's, it's, it's high time we, we did. Well, besides the pain points, there's an opportunity to heighten sensation. Can you talk a little bit about what vasodilation is and how Quim helps with there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when cannabis is absorbed vaginally, it's going to act as a vasodilator, as you just said. Um, what that means is it's going to increase blood flow to the area of your body that you applied it to. So if you apply it to the vulva, vagina, clitoris, perineum, what you're going to experience is a increase of blood flow, which will heighten sensation and also increase your body's natural lubrication. So this is super important for, you know, anyone who, you know, I think there is um, sort of a misconception, actually, I would say a major misconception that lubrication um, is a direct indication of arousal. That is not the case. It is one potential indication of arousal, but I think it's also can be that can be a really dangerous misconception because just because someone is lubricated doesn't that lubrication doesn't equal consent. First of all, second of all, being a little bit dry doesn't necessarily mean that you're not aroused and not. Um, not interested in engaging in sex. And so, and particularly, you know, once you once you cross the age of about forty five, you know, you're looking at huge rates of women who experience pretty chronic vaginal dryness. So that can be really helpful. Um, you know, CBD is also a known anti-inflammatory. And so if you have, um, you know, if you have a really, if you have trouble relaxing your pelvic floor or potentially are recovering from vaginal tearing in a vaginal birth, um, or potentially even have PTSD from sexual trauma, you know, your vaginal canal and your pelvic floor muscles they might be clenching up unconsciously to you. So having something that will not only increase blood flow, but also help those muscles relax um, and help, you know, decrease, I think it decreased pain with penetration. We often talk about, you know, vaginal health as being a precursor to the pursuit of pleasure. And so if some of these pain points um, are holding you back from being able to achieve pleasurable, intimate or sensual time, we want to make sure that we're making, you know, our products not only help to improve pleasure, but maybe help um, eliminate some of the roadblocks that might be keeping you from getting there. Okay. And so can you talk a little bit about, you mentioned your friends that you gave kind of the party favors to, 
How about how about women that you don't know at all that become customers of Quim? What's the feedback you get from them that their first time using it? Yeah, well, I mean, if I can convince them, I would say it's sort of two part. You know, there is, um, you know, we are talking about a new product category in a new industry um, that is addressing pain points that I think have not been addressed by a product company maybe ever. Um, and so already out the gate, you know, people, I think a lot of women are very dubious. They're like, is this just snake oil? This is, you know, like this sounds expensive or like, what? I, like, am I going to get really stoned or like, how could this possibly work? Um, and so I do think, you know, people can be a little bit dubious at first, but I, you know, I recently read or reread, I, I always go back to this article. Um, it was a New York Times interview with the woman who created Moon Juice. Um, it's like adaptogenic supplements, you know, reishi mushroom powders. Um, and she's built this huge, huge business. And the interviewer was like, you know, what do you say to people who think that this is all, you know, malarkey? And she was like, you know, what keeps me focused and what keeps me, um, keeps me on track is knowing that like, is knowing that I'm not trying to sell these products to everyone. I'm trying to sell these products to people who are interested in maybe in feeling better or have tried a lot of other things and that didn't work. And so they're open and they want to feel better and they're willing to try something, you know, try something new. And so I think once we, if we get someone to try it, you know, the likelihood is like, I, I think we're able to make believers out of a lot of people. Um, you know, we hear, you know, I get emails all the time from women who are going through menopause, who um, haven't been able to have penetrative sex for a long time, or their libidos are just in the tank. Um, or maybe they're on, you know, certain SSRIs that make it harder to achieve an orgasm. And they're like, oh my God, I had the first orgasm that I've had in years and it was amazing. Or, you know, when we launched our most recent CBD product, um, Smooth Operator, which is an aloe-based CBD lube, uh, we launched it in conjunction with a cancer survivor network. Um, these were women who have breast cancer or ovarian cancer and they got it really young. And so, you know, they might be 25, 26, they just got married. And now because they're going through chemo, their bodies are essentially in menopause. And, you know, they are talking to us about being able to have penetrative sex without pain for the first time since they've been going through cancer treatment. Um, so I think, you know, I don't necessarily know if our products are for everyone, but I think the, there is a large enough group of people for whom our products can provide real relief and a much clearer path to pleasure, that it's okay if it's not for everyone. There are enough people who do need these products and are curious and have tried so many other things. Um, there's enough to, for, for it to be a very healthy market. So how do you start out as a, you know, a scrappy startup? You've got, do you get funds together? Do you decide, okay, this is my first product? How do you get the initial retail relationships, like what, what were those first, very first days like, you know, getting, getting to the first sale? Yeah. You know, I think, um, particularly being in the Bay area where there's so much, you know, there's so many new tech companies and, you know, people are able to raise $3 million on an idea. Um, I do think that our beginning was very different than a lot of other companies in cannabis, but also maybe more specifically, a lot of other, you know, new product companies in San Francisco. So we, you know, 
Rachel and I both had full-time jobs uh, for the first year and a half of making these products. We would meet after work on the weekends. Um, and you know, this was really like a little side hustle. It took a long time. You know, we incorporated the business at the end of 2016, launched our first beta products in April 2017. Um, but really didn't start doing it full time until about 2018, um, you know, quitting our other jobs. Um, and we started the business with about $12,000 of our own savings. And that got us until mid 2018. Um, obviously, we weren't paying ourselves, you know, all of our, you know, it was just our savings that we put into um, every bottle, you know, we, we made every bottle in a, in a, um, shared kitchen in Oakland. This is pre 2018. So we didn't all, not all the licenses were in place. Um, and I was working as the head of sales at Meadow. Meadow is a tech company that builds software for, um, California dispensaries. So, and I'd been working in the industry for a few years and because of that, I had built relationships with a few dispensaries. Um, you know, I'd sold them their software. I'd seen them at events. Um, so we had, let's say, like two or three dispensaries that were willing to try this product. Um, you know, it looked, gosh, I wish you could see. I'll send you a picture of it afterward. Like the first iteration of our product packaging. It looks so, um, so, so different than what you see today. Um but so we started selling in those few shops and, you know, they, everyone put in really small orders, you know, maybe 10, 20 units. But what we saw is that every order, you know, each subsequent order was growing in size. And we were hearing from people either through our Instagram or our email, um, people were telling us that they were really helpful and that they were different and potentially better than some of the other infused lubes out there. So it really wasn't until... Oh gosh. Um, someone from Viceland reached out to us in about late 2017. Um, Viceland is, you know, the TV channel of Vice, and they have a show called Slut Ever. And they were doing an episode called Stoned Pussies about essentially about women in cannabis and using um, cannabis for sexual applications. Um, and they asked if we would be, you know, I would say pr- the pretty big part of that episode. And so they came to San Francisco, they had this whole film crew, it felt so much, it felt way bigger than we were ready for. Um, and they, they filmed this whole segment and we're like, okay, cool. So like, now what? And they're like, it will air to, you know, between five and 10 million people in February of 2018. And they're like, so whatever you need to do to make, they're like, you're going to see a lot. You're going to get a ton of awareness from this. So you need to make sure you have enough supply to you need, you guys need to go make sure you have enough inventory to cuz like your phone's going to be ringing off the hook for these products so you need to go get get your ducks in order um and that i think really gave us the the validation that we needed to you know stop uh to quit our other jobs and to like really kick it into gear and start fundraising wow so the the viceland opportunity was really kind of you know a huge opening totally them. It was a major, I mean, it was a major paradigm shift in our business. We went from, you know, having an email list of a couple hundred to having an email list of a couple thousand. Um, We went from being in, you know, three dispensaries in California to being in 25 in like a couple of weeks. Um, But maybe the craziest thing that happened after 
because of that Viceland episode. Um, so that episode aired in February of 2018. Um, but because it's a cable channel, you know, they replay the episode all, you know, pretty frequently. And we got an email to our customer support line around 4th of July of 2018 um, with no body text, just subject line. And it said, I'm so proud of you and I couldn't be more happy for you. And due to the fact that I had been working in tech sales, um, which I think any salesperson would know this, if you give me your email, I will find you. I will find (laughs) you on the internet. And so I see this guy's email. Um... And I have this moment, I just, I was, I saw the email. I was like, holy shit, that's my dad. Wow. And so I did a little research. I mean, I cried, I freaked out. And then probably an hour and a half later, I responded, dad, question mark, is that you? Question mark. Would you like to get to know each other? Um, (laughs) To which he responded, yes, yes, a hundred times. Yes. And fast forward two weeks, I drove out to Las Vegas to meet my dad, which was the most amazing experience. So, whoa, yeah. So thank you. Yeah. 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 It really was. And really beautiful. Um, and definitely, you know, running a business is hard. There's so many ups and downs, particularly in those first, you know, few years where you're not sure, um, you know, you're not sure if you're going to make it and you haven't raised that much money yet. And every, you know, just still feel, it feels so high risk and you're just like, am I doing the right thing? Um, and then I think, you know, meeting my dad through this business, um, was such a, such an amazing confirmation that this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Wow. Well, you're in California now. What Mm -hmm. other geographies are you exploring? Um, so we're in California. We are actually right now, you know, something that we're really interested in is getting, you know, our THC products are in California. Our CBD products, um, are through everywhere in the U S. Um, we are definitely, you know, we're early stage in some conversations around licensing, licensing out the THC brand to other areas and also setting up, um, international distribution for these CBD products. Okay. Yeah. Gosh. What countries are you looking at? Like Europe or? Yeah. um, Definitely Canada. um, Definitely, definitely Canada. um, But, you know, Europe um, by way of the UK. Okay. Great. And what's the price point just for people to get a sense here of of Quim? Yep. So our CBD products um, retail for $48 and the THC products, um, as I'm sure you know, you know, the tax rate in every county is a little bit different. A lot of dispensaries pass on the tax to the consumer, um, but you should be able to find Night Moves and Oh Yes, our two THC products from between, I would say, 48 once again, depending on the tax rate, they they should be you know forty eight to fifty six dollars. Um, but depending on where you are, it might be let's say fifty to ugh, I hope not, but seventy five. Um, but that being said, um, earlier this year, because we don't have as much pricing control on the THC side, um, dispensaries really can mark them up however much they want. Um, we actually launched mini versions of our two THC products um, that will always retail for under $25. So that's a 10 milliliter bottle. You know, we'll probably give you about 10 to 
yeah, maybe 10 uses, five to 10 uses. So it allows uh, consumers to try the product, um, get a feel for it. If they like it, they can make the bigger investment. It also allows us to, um, you know, give those to bud tenders who are really, you know, I think of them as the true brand ambassadors of the cannabis industry. You know, they're really your first, first line of defense or first, you know, awareness of the brand. So it's really important that they're able to try the products and evangelize them. Great point because, you know, the, how you get mindshare with bud tenders who are kind of inundated with all these different products. I was, I was curious how you did that. So I'm glad that you mentioned it. So you, you give them kind of a sample product and how do you go about educating? Just, you just talk to them or what's your strategy? Yeah. Yeah. So that actually, you know, I would say pre COVID was one of my favorite parts of my job. Definitely not, um, not the most scalable side of the business, which we have now made a bunch of updates to make sure it is more scalable, but I would go in. So first, you know, I do like an hour and a half long training with the sales team of our distributor. Um, a key part of that training is I will just make them say vagina Everyone has to say vagina over and over again until everyone, even the like 22 year old, you know, frat boy can say it without laughing (laughs) because that to me, you know, is the first step you need to talk about, be able to talk about vaginal health, intimate wellness, um, without laughing about it. Because, you know, when your patients come in, if they're interested in these products, it's, it's probably not funny to them or, you know, it's, it's not, um, being able to address these products without getting squeamish is so important. And then I want to talk to them about how common these issues are. I'm like, guys, I know we're taught to believe or in our society, we, we don't really talk about these things, but I want you to just understand how prevalent they are because that'll make you feel less embarrassed. Just knowing that if you know someone with a vagina walks in, there's a 75% chance they know what you're talking about already probably even higher. Um, and so, you know, first step is definitely making sure our distribution sales team is educated, but then I would actually go into the majority of the shops we work with and do a training with all of their staff. Um, you know, since COVID hit, um, we have invested a lot of time and resources into building online training guides. Um, so now, you know, both THC and CBD, every time we, Um, start working with a new shop or, you know, every two months with one of our existing retailers, we schedule, you know, a zoom meeting with them, wherein I walk them through the training and then I send it. Um, You know, we have, we send over PDFs that are, I think, you know, really easy to understand. It's not like we send over a massive Google doc. That's all text where, you know, we try and make it really easy and we want to make ourselves available um, because we understand like these products, they do take some education. So, and I think that that's, our responsibility to make sure if we're selling products to a retailer, you know, I think we all know it, it costs a fair amount of money to open, you know, a new door, open a new account. And so, but once you open a new account, there's an amazing opportunity there to bring in a lot of revenue, but you have to, you know, I think it's sort of like account management one one. you know, do you want to put all your resources towards opening a new door but that doesn't, you know, that's a, that's a waste of resources. It's a waste of capital if you can't keep those doors or, you know, if you can't keep those shops reordering. Yeah. So looking ahead the next three to five years, how do you see the cannabis women's health field evolving? I mean, I think there will be, you know, we'll probably have more competitors. Um, there will probably be, you know, newer applications, newer products. I think, 
you know, I think maybe some of the larger cannabis brands or larger CBD brands that are making, you know, pain relief bombs or tinctures, um, I think they'll prop, they might expand to include intimate oils or, you know, aloe or, you know, latex safe lubes or suppositories. I also think there is the opportunity for, you know, companies like ourselves who have been very focused, um, just on, you know, really focused on vaginal health and intimate wellness. Um, I think there'll be more of an opportunity, um, for brands like us to get acquired by larger MSOs, um, or, you know, just larger, larger brands in the industry, because we've done, I think a pretty good job of defining, um, you know, what is our mission? What are our goals? And we've stayed really laser focused on that. Okay. Well, Kyle, I'd like to turn the interview to a few personal development questions. With that, yeah. is there a book that's had a big impact on your life or your way of thinking that you'd like to share? Yeah, um, there so many. I'm I'm a pretty avid reader. I've um, and that's actually been one of one of the highlights of this year for me. I think I've probably finished almost 20 books. So I will just keep it focused. I don't know. It's too hard to pick a favorite or most influential of my whole life, but of the past year, um, the definitely the book that I return to again and again, I've, you know, written in the margins, I highlight, I share excerpts with my friends, um, is a, uh, it's a book called Hidden Power, Presidential Marriages That Shaped Our History. Um, it's by a historian named Katie Morton. Um, it's nonfiction. It is a, so, you know, I've read, I was an American history major. Um, I love presidential history also in the year, this year in the election. Um, I've got, I was thinking so much about, um, about what makes a power couple. Also, you know, I just got married. We were supposed to have a big wedding in August, but just eloped last week and just thinking a lot about, congratulations. thank you so much. Um, Thinking a lot about what it means to be a power team, um, you know, whether that's in my marriage with Woody or with uh, in my business with Rachel, what does it take? Um, what does it take when there is, you know, at least for these, it looks at eleven presidential marriages, um, sadly, or you know, at least for the time being, all of the presidents are men and all of the first ladies are women, but what you really see is the strength of the team and how that impacted history and how, um, how their different personalities or psychology, you know, what that really looks like in, you know, how policies were made or how, how we remember their presidency. Um, and that, I just, I think this year, yeah, I've been thinking so much about teamwork and particularly dynamic duos, um, and how, you know, when at least looking at all of these presidential marriages, both parties, you know, both the president and the first lady, they were so focused on holding this office and were both deeply aware that they each had their part to play. Um, but every president and their first lady had like a, had a different way of doing it. And some of them were so much happier and some of them were so much more effective than others. Um, and I think particularly this year, as I know, I, I've particularly in the height of COVID, looking at the lack of leadership in the White House and what really appeared to be, um, at least from the outside, it, it does they don't look like a team. You know, Donald Trump and Melania, they don't, they don't seem to have each other's backs. Um, and thinking about, you know, Michelle and Barack and how they just seemed so 
it felt, you know, in some ways, I think the president and the first lady kind of feel like the, you know, mom and dad for the country and how, um, just thinking a lot about what that means. Yeah. Kyle, what's the most interesting thing going on in your field besides what you're doing with Quim? Um, I think the most interesting and probably most important thing that's going on in the industry is, um, is definitely around access to the cannabis industry. How do we, you know, prohibition, cannabis prohibition has such deeply, deeply racist roots in this country, um, and probably all over the world, but particularly in this country, I think the most important thing happening in the industry right now is how do we make sure, you know, the, the people whose backs this industry was built upon, you know, primarily black and brown people who have been, um, you know, targeted and persecuted for cannabis cultivation, manufacturing, distribution, selling, um, how do we make sure they're not locked out of the industry? How do we make sure, in fact, that a lot of those people have priority licensing, that they are actually given more access, um, you know, yeah, access to the first licenses. Um, I would even say investment of capital, um, business, you know, business mentorship support to make sure that the opportunity of this industry um, is is far more, is more democrat is more democratized um and maybe you know preferentially tw- so preferentially so towards those who have risked and lost the most in the past and what is one thought you have that most people would disagree with you on oh man <laughs> no easy questions here Kyle no no i know um one thought you know i think I don't know if most people will disagree with this, but it is something I've experienced when talking, you know, to other founders or, um, I think, I think there is an assumption that if you're an entrepreneur, um, there's this like, there's sort of cult of busyness, like, Oh my God, I'm so busy. Like I wake up at 5am and I'm on my computer until midnight. Um, and that's the way I get shit done, you know? And like, I'm always, you know, I respond to emails the second they hit my inbox and I'm, um, and I'm always on and I'm always available and I sleep with my phone under my pillow. Um, I really don't subscribe to that. In fact, you know, in the maybe brief moments where I've tried that, I found that the quality of my work, really suffers as does the quality of my life. And I think, you know, I would say maybe more so than other entrepreneurs or founders, I really believe in balance um, and very strict boundaries. Um, You know, I had a professor in college who sort of taught me this. He was like at the very, you know, the very first day of class, he was like, here are my office hours. Here are the hours that I respond to emails. I respond to emails from, I think it was like 9 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Monday through Friday. After that, you can come and see me in office hours, which are listed here. But he was like, if you think that you can email me at 1130 the night before a paper is due and I'm going to respond, you're off your rocker. (laughs) And just, I think it, I think that, you know, we're so connected to technology. It's so easy to get a hold of people. I think it creates this sense that everything is an emergency and I really believe, I so firmly believe that you need, I need to save that energy for when the real emergencies hit because they will and they do. But when they do, I have, I feel like I have this amazing sort of like storage of energy because I, I don't treat most things like an emergency because they're not. So when a real one comes around, I'm prepared and I have, you know, the emotional and 
yeah, mental bandwidth to, to really tackle it. I heard someone say that your email inbox is like a prioritized list of other people's agenda for you <laughs> and not your own agenda. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's interesting. But uh, I, I totally know what you mean. So where are you in the capital raising process, Kyle? So we are actually, um, we have been running a crowd investment, um, sorry, crowd investment campaign with Republic. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Republic. Yes. Yeah. Super cool platform um, started by some of the early employees at Angels List. Um, What Republic is, Republic is different than Kickstarter in that, you know, it's not a donation. It's not like, oh, donate 50 bucks and we'll send you a sticker. Um, Republic actually gives the ability to participate in a crowd safe. Um, so right now for, you know, up for a minimum of $100, um, you can invest $100 or, you know, up to $25,000 into Quim's business and actually participate in our crowd safe, meaning um, you actually become a shareholder in the company. So we've raised about $200,000 with that. Um, and we have, you know, probably about, I would say about 30 days left. Okay, great. And so by the time uh, this hits, uh, you know, the, the podcast feed here in a week, there'll be about three weeks left uh, from when it airs. Yeah. So, great. Okay. Now, Kyle, in closing, how can listeners uh, reach out to you or find your product and also find how, you know, where on Republic to reach you? Can you give the Republic uh, URL? Absolutely. So it is www.republic.co slash quim, Q-U-I-M. Okay. And um, you can find more, find out more about our products. Um, you can purchase our products, our CBD products online and find out where to buy them in dispensaries on our website. It's Quim, I-T-S-Q-U-I-M.com. And you can also check us out on Instagram. Uh, it's Quim at, or excuse me, at It's Quim, I-T-S dot Q-U-I-M. Well, Kyle, thanks so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks for educating us. And what a wonderful story of reuniting with your dad. Good luck on all your future chapters. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. If you enjoyed the show today, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever app you might be using to listen to the show. Every five-star review helps us to bring the best guest to you. Learn more at cannainsider.com forward slash iTunes. What are the five disruptive trends that will impact the cannabis industry in the next five years? Find out with your free report at cannainsider.com forward slash trends. Have a suggestion for an awesome guest on Canna Insider? Simply send us an email at feedback at cannainsider.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please do not take any information from Canna Insider or its guests as medical advice. Contact your licensed physician before taking cannabis or using it for medical treatments. Promotional consideration may be provided by select guests, advertisers, or companies featured in Canna Insider. Lastly, the host or guests on Canna Insider may or may not invest in the companies or entrepreneurs profiled on the show. Please consult your licensed financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Final disclosure to see if you're still paying attention. This little whistle jingle you're listening to will get stuck in your head for the rest of the day. Thanks for listening and look for another Canna Insider episode soon. Take care. Bye-bye.